Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Go home, Bible, you're Welcome, everybody, to the Go Home Bible You're Drunk podcast, the podcast where we drag out our Bibles and our educational degrees, and we see, you know, what's there, if there's still something of value, still something good. My name is Justin, your co-host, and sitting across from me, across the country. Hi. Uh, yeah, this is Tori. I am across the country. That's true. Oh, man. Okay. I really appreciated last time when you said dusting off our Bibles, because like that was that was very much the case. I don't I don't remember the last time I actually touched my Bible. So. Yes, I literally had to dust mine off in preparation for this podcast. It's so weird. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're taking crazy pills. <laughs> to quote Zoolander. Yes. Although here's the thing, when I was fresh out of evangelicalism I couldn't touch a bible like I couldn't yeah. oh because every time I would read it it just my brain would automatically go into those categories and it's like I just can't do this yeah um, I think I've been out long enough though that I can engage with it and it's actually still interesting to mm, me for nice. different reasons and you yeah. know that's that's why we do this podcast so this this has been fascinating for me yeah, I got like somebody on Twitter, a, like a fellow atheist, actually, just like hopped into my mentions one time and was like, you need to be reading the Bible consistently. Wow. And I was, it was like, it was triggering. Like literally, I like, I had, to, I like blocked them and then I like logged off of Twitter so that I could like regain my composure. Because <laughs> I was like, no, no, I read it. And I was like, I've already read it, you know, over a dozen times, cover to cover. And he's like, well, I've read the whole thing in Greek, like 60 times or whatever. Why is this necessary? I can have a conversation with someone who is fluent in scripture, right? Yeah. In yeah. Christianese. I don't need to continue to read the book. I've literally spent thousands of hours of my life reading. It. Yeah. There's probably no other book I have spent more time with. I am trying to fix that but I don't know that I will ever shatter that record yeah, <laughs> with another yeah. book. I don't think so. A single book? I mean, to be fair, it's it's a library. It's not just yeah. a book. I suppose if but. I took 66 books mm -hmm. and compared them, perhaps it would be different. I think what you should do is go to the library and check out 66 random books 
tear out all the pages, glue them all into one big binder, yes. and then let that be how you live your life for the rest of for the rest of your life. How you make all of your decisions. Yes, I'll read them all as one type of literature. So no, no, no. They're they they don't they don't they're not broken up anymore. They're yeah. It's all in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so like a, like I'll get an Emily Dickens poetry. There we go. And I'll get an atlas. And I'll get like Dune or something crazy, and I'll just paste them all together and read them yeah. with no with no understanding of what type of literature I'm reading. But it all flows. Right? I will tell myself it makes sense so much that it eventually be, it does make sense, and that's how I live my life. Oh yeah, self gaslighting. <laughs> yes. Such a special time. Yes. So speaking of self gaslighting. And evangelicalism this week. There was a fun story about in Texas, and it's it's not a story that it's, it happens in every state that has a conservative majority. I think it mm -hmm. happened in Indiana as well. Mm -hmm. But in Texas, they or one uh, Texas senator or Congress, whatever their state rep, state, state, yeah, state rep, yeah, in the legislature, yeah, introduced a bill that would put the death penalty on the line for people that seek abortions or perform abortions. So they, mm -hmm. they, that, it doesn't require the death penalty, but it is classified as a high enough crime that knowing Texas, they would probably execute you for it. And yeah, that, that does not make sense to me on a lot of levels. Yeah. yeah. That stuff didn't make sense to me even when I was like fully pro-life, quote unquote. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't make any sense to me then because, but it's still, it's, it's literally that there, for some reason, I do not understand why there are a bunch of white men in this country who literally get off on thinking about murdering women. Yeah. And every time they can try to find a way to make that legal, yes. they do. And I don't get it. Right. It's not, it's just about power. It's not yeah. about preserving life. Right, because yep. if you're executing moms, because most people who get abortions have children already, yep. if you're if you're executing moms, you are not, you're not increasing the quality of life. You're not reducing harm for anyone. No, you're increasing harm, increasing economic hardship, right? Increasing, you know, pain and suffering, right? For the end, I don't even understand either. You right, know, like, like what do you accomplish? Like let like let's say they get the fantasy and nationwide it's illegal to get abortions right has the abortion rate dropped probably no. not like mm -mm. you've just made it unsafe right. that's all you've done like the abortion rate uh, i was just reading about it today the abortion rate before roe v wade was higher much higher than it is today the estimated mm -hmm. abortion rate we don't actually know because it was illegal but yeah. the estimated abortion rate was way higher before roe than mm -hmm. it was than it is currently certainly because it's yeah. dropping every year yeah. Mostly because of contraception and the availability of all kinds of ways to not get pregnant. Which I, again, like, why would you be opposed to both? Like, how can yes. you be opposed to contraception and abortion? And you literally are just trying to murder people, right? Yes. You're yeah. literally just trying to, you're using, you want to use your power to murder women. Yeah. That's all that is. That's it. Yeah. And on top of that, there are plenty of stories before Roe, and I think there are a few stories even today in, one of the, in some of the more strict states where women are being investigated because they miscarried. Mm -hmm. And how, how shaming that is, how degrading that is. Yeah. 
I was reading an account of a woman that had this happen and the, she miscarried in the hospital and the doctor refused to clean her up, refused to do anything. I can post a link to the story. And basically the police had to come and investigate the crime scene, quote unquote, in order to determine whether or not she had aborted the child or not. And it's like, like, yes, exactly. Like, how would a cop know? Yeah, exactly. How would a cop know? How would an investigator know if the doctor is like, I don't know, bring in the police. I I don't know if that this was common, but it's no, yeah. And and I'm sure if the fantasy is achieved, this would happen again. Probably underprivileged women, women of color, would be targeted by this. You know, a white woman miscarries, and probably everybody was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, yep. a black woman comes in, miscarries. I'm certain that this law would be misapplied along racial yeah. lines and economic. Oh, lines. yeah, like, like all like all other laws in this country, yes. <laughs> like every other law. In this country. <laughs> and and again, it's like it's it's. I I don't understand the why, and I I, mm-hmm. I think it does go back to that self gaslighting that that just that continual belief that if we make this yeah. illegal, somehow God will be happy, or if we make this illegal, then then babies won't die. And it, and it just, even if you believe that it's 100% a human being, the second sperm touches egg, mm-hmm. and 100% has a soul or whatever, I have a lot of scientific questions, but let's just, let's just buy that <laughs> Roll premise. Roll with it. Okay. We'll buy that premise for a moment. Why would you not want more contraception and science-based sex education? And, you know, you should be passing out condoms on the street. Yes. You know, to prevent this from happening. Yes. And, and they don't. Yeah. So it just no. It, they try to they try to prevent people from accessing both abortion and contraception. Yes. And so the only thing the only thing I can conclude is that it's it's just misogyny, mm-hmm. right? And and South American country or hmm, Central American countries for sure. I shouldn't speak to South America specifically, but a lot of them had these laws, and some still do, where. If you miscarry and your doctor decided that you actually tried to have an abortion, abortion is illegal, you will go to jail. Wow. It's not it's not like the death penalty. I think it's like mm-hmm. two to five years. I can't but, even yeah. imagine. Yeah. And it, again, like completely misapplied, right? Because all those countries are colonized and fucking racist also. Mm-hmm. So it's black and brown women who are being mm-hmm. sent to jail under these laws. Yeah. And I forget... Uh, if it's Uganda or Rwanda, I should have prepped more. It's one of those two countries, heavily influenced by white evangelicals and its reconstruction, has abortion completely illegal, and yet its abortion rate is one of the highest in the world. Mm. Estimated again because it has to be right. You know, it's on yeah. the DL. That's self-reporting, which leads me to indicate it's actually higher, not lower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you look at countries that have wildly permissive abortion laws. Mm-hmm. Where you know walk in on the day and get one, right? Tend to have across the board. Sure, there's outliers, but across the board, right. lower abortion rates even in the United States. Uh-huh. So it just does yeah. not. It does not make sense. It doesn't. I mean, I assume in other countries where mm, I don't know how to put this, other countries that have larger economies, like larger GDPs, those countries are no actively, country has actively a incur- no i know i know i understand (laughs) that i'm just trying to get away from using like racist language about countries that are smaller have fewer resources because we stole them all in in these other countries that are considered our quote-unquote equals right in one whatever level 
they're also not trying to actively prevent people from accessing contraception most of the time right like it's usually those two things usually go together yeah right it's banning like a ban on all abortion and trying to prevent people from accessing contraception yeah, and I don't want to pick on a small country like Uganda, Rwanda. Oh, right, and, uh, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hesitate to use. Small. I hesitate to use those examples because it's it kind of both ways. On one hand, you're kind of picking on a smaller country, but I've also right. seen a knee-jerk reaction from evangelicals of like, "Well, that's Africa." As if, as if that really. Means, oh yeah, I, I've definitely heard that. Okay. You know, and then it's like I'll show them a picture of like, cities, like these places have <laughs> cities and resources. Like it's not like what do you what the hell do you think Africa is like it's a continent very diverse you know large countries small countries you know rich countries poor countries you know yeah anyway. oh my gosh like, that's yeah. so weird yeah so, they, they don't they don't even they don't know what Africa is it's just no. like a blob on the map to them but yeah. oh all right Texas we yeah. gotta we gotta get rid of your your gerrymandering because we gotta fire a bunch of these people yes and and then go to Indiana and Ohio and yeah Yes. I, I was looking at, the, I, I'm from Ohio. I don't know if I've said that on the podcast, but I was looking at my district maps and they are hilarious. There's it's, one that, there's one that's called the sea snake. Like the joke <laughs> is the sea snake and it, and it goes along Lake Erie in this weird, like sinuous, like, like, like this does not make any sense. Gosh. So it's just a way to, to, again, no. it's just gerrymandering. Uh, I, so, yeah. To disenfranchise yeah. people. That we don't want voting can't vote can't can't get abortions can't get health care can't get can't, contraception can't, <laughs> can't vote like oh this is reminding me a little bit of um oh what was that thing called that we did slavery yeah <laughs> just this you know just but we're not actually enslaving people the good old days yeah the good old when days. america was my country as as lindsey graham would say back in the good old days talking about like oh gosh you and like yeah you still you're still part of a party that won't let you out of the closet man like <laughs> we should not be you shouldn't be talking about the good old days sweetheart uh, that doesn't apply yeah. to you <laughs> yeah there are so many Lindsey graham jokes anyway transitioning oh yeah to ambiguous things in today's bible story we're gonna look at a Bible story in Genesis again. I think we're kind of sticking with Genesis as a theme or the like early I Bible. Guess so. I guess we are. I think that's I mean, where... I was Exodus, right? It's like, true. You, were. I was ex- you know, but it's like, it's the same kind of, it's supposed to, it like rolls into the next, right? It's not Genesis to Exodus. There's not like a huge gap of time. Yeah, they're just kind of roll together. This wackadoo time that is the time of the patriarchs. Oh, and also the time when the aliens were building pyramids. That's true. It was aliens. Because, you know, the whole ladder thing that Jacob saw, which we'll talk about as well. But we're not going to about Jacob. We're talking about Jacob's daughter, Dinah. And Jacob's poor parenting. Jacob's terrible parenting and his daughter, Dinah, and her unfortunate incident. Possibly rape, possible not rape. We'll okay. see as we dig into it. Okay. And so I guess this, this does carry a trigger warning. We will be mentioning sexual assault and rape after I bring it up. I probably should have done that trigger warning ahead of time, but it's, it's already um, going to be marked explicit. So yes, we're going to, 
we're not actually going to spend a ton of time on that part, but just right. so everybody's work. It's in it's in the story. It's in the story. And we're also going to talk about the mutilation of body parts again, because the Bible is... It's the Bible's favorite subject. It is How many Bible's body parts subject. can you circumcise? Yes. That is the question. All of them, all according of them. to the Bible. Yes. The lips, the heart, the penis, <laughs> all of it. Circumcise all of it. Oh and then God. you'll be holy. Oh man. So do we, have, do, we, do we have a drinking game today? Oh, do we have a drinking game? That is an excellent question. I mean, we, we, before I guess we get we into it, technically we could just do, hmm. I mean, I guess we could just do circumcision again. Yeah. We could also do like the most applicable. Yeah. Maybe circumcision or uh, anytime the Bible is unclear as to what it's actually saying. Hmm. So you're saying you want people to, the people that are listening and not drinking water, you're saying you want them to be drunk. Yes. By the end. <laughs> Let's see how drunk we're going to get you today. When I mention all the times that it's like, is this happening? Us. Yeah. It's the Bible. It's the Bible doing it. It's not us. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So I want to hear this interesting take on. So Dinah, I will, I will share the story. Dinah was the daughter of Leah, who was born to Jacob. If you've not remembered Jacob, he was the crafty son of, of Isaac, you know, like, so there's Abraham, there's Isaac, and then Isaac had Esau and Jacob, or is, you know, he changed his name to Israel because the Bible's weird like that. Oh yeah, don't dead name him. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Israel, I apologize. So, and then he, actually, no, never mind. Sorry, I'm mixing all those things up. No, it's anyway. fine. Anyway, but so, Leah, Leah was the, Leah was the, Leah was the ugly one. Leah was the ugly one, yes. That for some reason, it. he decided to have sex with without actually looking at her face, which I understand yeah. there's no, like, I get that there's no electricity, right? So there's not street lights, but it can't be pitch dark. Yeah, like, it can't be pitch what dark. What is happening? And, and you can't, like, I'm trying to imagine being with someone in the dark and having no clue that it's not the right person. Like, maybe I'm drunk. That's Someone possible. you okay? Did he okay? This is this is interesting. Did Israel used to have like? Did he have to work the whole seven years to get? Yeah. Before he got tricked into marrying Leah. Yeah. He had to work. So yeah, I'm like, if you've known someone, yes, for seven years, and then it's pitch yes. dark, and you're yes. like, oh, I'm just gonna go and fuck this person, like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bible probably, is clear. Yeah, the Bible is probably, clear. yeah. Anyway, so, so Jacob, the guy that wrestles with God and can't figure out who he's wrestling with, with the ladies, had, had sex with Leah and then had to work seven more years to get the wife he really wanted, uh, leaving Leah very sour about the whole thing, as you do, really. So he has a daughter named Dinah and they, they come into the, the promised land, quote unquote, and Dinah goes out and she's checking out the place and she meets this guy named Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite. Mm, you, know yeah. those, you know those Hivites. Oh yeah, those Hivites. And it says his heart was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. But it also implies that he assaulted her okay. or, or raped her. So right. there is some ambiguity here and there is also some ambiguity, even in the comment, the, the commenters, in who's at fault and what happened and what's going on. 
So, which honestly, it's kind of like a modern day tale of sexual assault. True, right. And Where that, it's, it's like, it's kind of, it kind of becomes this like he said, she said, nobody was there. Yeah. Right. And then the Bible on top of that is very vague on. Yes. Assault is not assault in the Bible. Is yes. The other piece. Yes. And, and it also talks about later about how he defiled her, but then there's not like, the, the understanding was that really it was only rape of someone who was married that would have been considered a no-no. And so there's just a lot, there's a lot yeah, of ambiguity and confusion as to exactly what has happened. Now, did you look it up in the original Hebrew? You know, I didn't for this time. <laughs> I didn't dust off my Hebrew dictionary. But it's funny, I think this brings up a good point that there is a theory, the documentary hypothesis, that the first five books of the Bible were stitched to, together from right. different sources. And this story is one of those ones where you, you you look at it and you're like, wait a second. Like this very much seems like two different stories kind of being woven together. Either way, something has happened. And when Jacob heard that his daughter had been defiled, see again, it's like this defiled word, but was she right. defiled because she slept with somebody that wasn't in their little tribe? Right. Or was she defiled because she was raped? This right. is this is the, the question. Uh, yeah god i didn't even think about that so he doesn't really do anything but his sons they get hopping mad particularly simeon and levi now levi let's just remember this throughout this whole story is the patriarch of the priesthood of israel so important guy but let's we'll remember that so they go to this shechem guy and shechem is like super happy to meet them and be with them and hang out with them and he and he and his dad are like hey let's get together let's how about you guys come here and you you marry our daughters and we'll marry your daughters and this was all they're just trading daughters back and forth and they're saying, <laughs> that's how it works this is gonna be works. great like this is gonna be so great so they, they have this they have this idea so there's like this there's these people that are shocked and furious about what has happened with Dinah and then but then like the people that quote unquote committed the crime are like hey guys come on over this is great my son fell in love with your daughter and let's just make this a thing right so if you know I've, I've never assaulted somebody but I imagine if I did I would know that I did it and when his their, their brothers came calling I wouldn't be buddy buddy with them like eager to have them like live with me right yeah you know yeah now, there could be differences in culture where it's like, no, truly, she is a piece of meat. And, and so we don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that was, and that, that was, that's really interesting because that was really common. I read uh, this book, Marriage, a History, because I wanted to kind of unpack this idea of the nuclear family. Yeah. But yeah, very, it was really common kind of in that era, not necessarily in that specific, like in the ancient Near East per se, but the ways that marriages would be set up is a lot of times it would be like, you'd have like these three kind of nomadic groups of people and like all of the daughters from group A would go to B and all the daughters from group B would go to C and all the daughters from group C would go to A. Yeah. And that was how they kind of formed alliances. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, the only formality was that you told someone's dad yeah, that it happened, right? Like that was, it was there's no, there's no contract. There's no like yeah. writing stuff down. Who even has paper? Like, yeah, only the Egyptians have paper right now, you guys. 
So yeah. yeah, that was that's kind of how it went. So that's really interesting. You get that point about him being super excited. Yeah. So Hamor, Shechem's dad, is like my son Shechem has uh, his heart set on your daughter. So like there's this like from it seems like from their perspective, Shechem and Hamor, like this is a thing where he's really smitten with her. Right. And and again, this isn't ruling out that he assaulted her. I'm just yeah. it is just very strange to me that the Bible is ambiguous. I would think that if it wanted to be unambiguous about the rape. It would paint these people as terrible, but it doesn't seem to do that. It doesn't okay. seem to paint them as these awful people, except in the minds of the brothers. So it's just kind of a strange thing. So mm -hmm. they're like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's you guys come live with us. And it's so very much doing that thing. We're like, we're going to trade daughters yeah. and yeah. we're going to be, have a tribal alliance. This is going to be awesome. But because their sister Dinah had been defiled, there's that defiled language was to me doesn't fit. So weird. Okay. Jacob's yeah. sons replied deceitfully, it says. So it's not even Jacob. Jacob's like, okay, fine. But the sons are like, okay, listen, we can't give our sister to this man. We can't, we can't let her marry you because you've not been circumcised. Like we've been circumcised, but you haven't. And we so we can't do this whole daughter swapping thing. And we can't not be circumcised. So why don't you guys be circumcised? And if you do that, then you can have all our daughters and we'll be cool. Yeah, and this is how I know the story isn't true. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, yep, we'll do it. But if you don't, we're gonna take our sister and go. Cause she's kind of dropped out of the narrative. You find out later, she's been living with Shechem this whole time. So again what's what or maybe she hasn't we don't know this is why it's ambiguous and weird take a drink so so they go back and of course it's doing that bible thing where it's like they describe a thing and then the people describe the same thing and and, and so he goes to the city and like hey these people have a lot of livestock this seems like a great deal and all the men at the city gate were like sure let's all be circumcised they do that and it doesn't, I don't think it says a flint knife, but you know, they're circumcised. That was the technology available at the time. Like, so, and I don't know who's doing it. If it's like, hey, I'll do you, do you, do me, what kind of thing, <laughs> or like dads and sons. I don't know, the mechanics are not described in the Bible. I would like to know, or did like Jacob provide like, hey, this is the guy that does our circumcisions. He's really good. <laughs> you won't feel a thing. I don't know. Like, First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. So, <laughs> but then the best part is this is like that tactical use of circumcision as like a weapon of war. They convince all these dudes to get circumcised. And three days later, while they're still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and attacked the city. And they kill every male, every one of them. Now, whether it was two of them or a group of people, because it also says the sons of Jacob did it. And then sometimes it says just two of the sons. Anyway, so they mm. kill all these guys. 
and they kill Hamor, they kill his son, Shechem, and they take Jaina back. But they don't just do that. They seize all of their flocks, all of their herds, donkeys, all of their livestock, their children, their women. They take all of it as plunder mm-hmm. and they leave. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob's like, uh, sons, you have raised a problem for us. Like, we got to get out of town. And so they leave. Like, like why did, he's like, why did you do this? And they're like, well, should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? Which is really weird because if she was like- That's, That implies consent. That implies some amount of consent and they weren't willing to whore her out, quote unquote, to an uncircumcised person. So there's like this tension between like in-group, out-group, do we marry people that are not part of us? You know, question, right. it doesn't answer the question. So the, the hilarious thing to me is at the beginning of chapter 35, it says, the Lord spoke to Jacob and said to go to Bethel. So he, so the Lord did not speak to you. You were just getting out of town because <laughs> your sons just murdered a bunch of people, took their children and their wives. Like, we got to get the hell out of here, sons. These people are going to kill us. <laughs> Like, and so that's the story. Oh my God. <sighs> oh my God. What? And there's no okay. moral. There's no like Aesop's fable. Like this yeah, is what did we? What did we? And what did we learn today? I don't know. <laughs> Bob and Larry. Oh my gosh. I, I can't, I can't, I can't with this story. Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's, so here's something that I'm, I, I thought while, while I was kind of processing again, like hearing this very strange account scarification it's very common yeah right also like blood treaties quote-unquote from what i understand was also kind of common at that time i don't know maybe this was something that seemed reasonable because it wasn't particularly different from what they were already doing I don't yeah, know. My, I'm not under, sure. My understanding of ancient peoples, being an armchair historian. Right. <laughs> the best kind. Is that, yeah, that's the only kind that matters. Is that, yeah, they were much more free with their body parts in, in all of the ways. Like in, in Greece, there was, a, or Greece or Turkey, there was like a festival to the goddess Kibola, who was a goddess of fertility and mm. a goddess of the harvest. And like, yeah, there are accounts of men wanting to be closer to Kibbeleh and they castrate themselves and make themselves like women, like almost like trans, right. like, like an ancient right. kind of uh-huh. um, sex change kind of deal. So it's not uncommon that weird scarification happens and mutilation yeah. of genitals is a thing. So I'm not going to say this never happened or this absolutely couldn't have happened. It just, it seems like such a strange thing to ask. And, well, I mean, again, and, it's like, you just want them to be in pain. You just want it so that they can't move. Like that's- Yeah, that's, right? that's why they're asking for it. Yes, right. the motive behind it is to do it so that they can't move. Mm-hmm. But it's also that they do the economics. These, you know, the sons of Hamor, they kind of weigh the cost. and like, this is a, actually a great deal, guys. Like we just got to cut that's, off the tip of our penis wild right like that and i mean maybe it was they could have been super poor <laughs> like it could have just been a thing where they're like hey this guy's super rich all he wants to do is cut off part of our dick sure let's do that. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah i mean it's hard to imagine 
imagine in in a society where there's one that is is nomadic right yeah kind of tribal in that in that sense of not having a necessarily like one specific place like maybe you move from like city to city just as an example so there's all of this kind of like ritualistic stuff that is happening Mm -hmm. that we you know like our parents would refer to as witchcraft clearly or paganism so yeah like these things weren't necessarily uncommon at the time but and 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 the other piece of this is like there are no social safety nets like no all you have is your people and Mm -hmm. if you get kicked out good luck yeah if you get if you get sent away with nothing if you get caned yeah yeah if you if you're in exile if you're alone without your people you're you will die you'll die and like and you I mean that's just that's kind of always been true from an evolutionary biology perspective right is yeah. it's like you need to you had to kind of keep your keep your mouth shut sometimes even yeah. if you were mad about something because it wasn't worth getting kicked out right if you caused enough harm you would just be left they'd say see ya you're out right and there is a i was reading a, a couple Jewish articles about this and they they say like if this is if this is one of those situations where two different kind of texts or accounts of the same story are being pushed together mm-hmm. there there is an account that said that basically it's them I think it's the later Jewish people wrestling with their own identity and mm-hmm. Jacob seems mm-hmm. to be, and there's a thread in this narrative that seems to be very for intermarrying with other peoples. And there yeah. seem like, you know, like, let's mm-hmm. make a deal with them, fine. Mm-hmm. But there's also a thread represented in Simeon and Levi that says, no, absolutely not. Like, we do not give our daughters to other people. We do not, right. we do not give our sister to someone else. That mm-hmm. would make them a prostitute. That would defile them for them to not be a part of our tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this like wrestling there, I think in the mm-hmm. text, which you know, I think yeah. is, you know, I think that to me, that's relevant to today, who is in group, who is out group, you know, how do we defend those borders? And it's fascinating to me that it's Levi that does this, who eventually becomes the priesthood. Like he, you know, yeah. like the guy is, is a murder hobo and, <laughs> you know, just wandering around killing people, you know, for <laughs> loot. And yet he becomes the progenitor of the entire priesthood. That's strange. I, I mean, I guess one of his later descendants is Moses, who's another, you know, murder hobo in a way. So runs in the family. I don't know. Yeah, fair, fair. I didn't, somehow I didn't even realize that I didn't really make that connection. Like, I'm, I guess I knew it's like Moses, Levite, because Aaron, priesthood, etc. So I guess I knew that somewhere. It was, it was in the memory banks, but I forgot. Yeah. So it's just wild. So I, I don't know what to make of this story from a, what do we learn today? It, it's more of a, what, this is what's a- What's the morality? I mean, I think it's, ultimately it's patriarchal. Dinah has no agency really in the whole thing. And the, no, the moment- Regardless of how and, you read it, she has yeah, no agency. Yeah, the only piece of agency she shows at the very beginning is when she wanders away from her brothers and something happens to her. You know, she right. either falls in love with someone she's not supposed to or she gets raped. Like, right. we don't know. But right. something terrible happens to her because she 
is yeah. not with her brothers yeah or her family mm-hmm. and so you know so there's that piece and then there's circumcision being a weapon like it, okay um but okay this is really interesting too because this is again like some of the some of the like like little cultural aspects that i know of like if you made a covenant with someone and you broke that like god would be pissed at you people didn't do that right it was like oh no we think that god is going to come down like from the sky or from the mountain or from wherever and actually kill us if we don't hold up our end of the deal and that's that's that language is literally in a lot of these covenants that were that were written down eventually right so man now i'm really stumped about why this happened yeah and it's it's the way it's taught in evangelical circles and the way I was taught it growing up was that, you know, Shechem did something terrible and he deserved to be murdered for it. Oh, the whole town deserved to be murdered. For yeah. It. But now, and even like, if you look later in the scriptures where it talks about this, it doesn't mention it very much, but it talks about Simeon and Levi being violent. Uh, and I, yeah. I, I think actually the weight of it is more on the side of this was a crime that was committed by Mm, Jacob's mm -hmm. sons Mm -hmm. and we might cover it up later by saying (laughs) she was raped and and even then she loses Mm. agency even if she wasn't actually defiled let's say she actually did fall in love right yeah she loses all agency and is used as a cover for the theft of these people's property Uh you know and Uh so it it, and, and and we wonder why these current day republicans and evangelicals want to control women you know their their scripture and and i find it as interesting as a cultural artifact this is fascinating to me but i would not read this and say this is how i should live my life right this is how i should live in the world i don't even know how you would in today's world try to embody this Like, okay, this is this is really interesting. You're kind of going from like bar to bar and you're like, hey, you want to get circumcised? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> what? Hey, what? You, see, you see my sister? She's really hot. <laughs> no. You can have her so, if you let me circumcise you. <laughs> see, now it sounds like a kink. Yeah. <laughs> like in our context, it just sounds like a fetish. Yeah. Like <laughs> really like seeing blood on people's dicks i don't know <laughs> now i'm gonna stab you and take your stuff <laughs> you can't move like why don't i just take your stuff while you're at the bar that's yeah. way easier like why do i have to do the fake surgery on you first yeah like you could have said hey let's meet you by this mountain three days away and then just <laughs> not show up and take their stuff <laughs> this seems like way too complicated of a plan gosh yeah and it totally reminds me of was it Saul that told David to go get a hundred foreskins and he came back with 200 like the next yeah. day yeah like overachiever okay just got this bucket of calamari that he dumps <laughs> <laughs> it smells like death and then like was there someone that checked like are these all foreskins like are no oh my gosh it's so gross what else did he pick up alone <laughs> Yeah, like you circumcised a bunch of cows, didn't you? Like, yeah, breathe. Yeah. 
so yeah this, this especially i mean honestly throughout the bible there's this obsession with circumcision in particular but all kinds of different bodily mutilations as a way to get to god oh yeah yeah man that's wild it's true and it, like that didn't the, it's it's interesting because it didn't go away right like that mm -hmm. kind of stayed in christianity in christendom in some way or another for a yeah. really long time right and, and yeah but well even today you know, the you know the catholics talk about stigmata and there are sects of christianity that that perform crucifixion yeah. crucifixion Ugh. light gross oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Ew. I've seen I've seen videos of people like actually nailing people to a, to a cross and parading them around it. town. Yeah, it's just like, it, so Gross. we say like, oh, this was back then, but like I think like no, I've humans seen, humans are still real fucked up. Yeah, we're still pretty messed up, and we view pain and our own mutilation as some kind of way to the divine. I don't. I'm it's so weird. Why are I'm not like into this? I'm not into that and I have not done that. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is the way you get to God, but I, I doubt it. I don't want to try it. That's not, not the God. The risk. That's not the God I want to touch, I guess. <laughs> like it's just not a God I really want to get into. Oh uh, yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. He's just like, give me your body parts. Like, come on. Yeah. Give me your blood and your body parts. Chop it and off. Chop it off. And yeah, no, thanks. And yeah. I mean, and circumcision is still really popular i mean most most men my age were circumcised i think it's yeah. it's In dropping i think it's dropping now something like maybe 30 or 40 percent are still are like it's it's still mm -hmm. very popular to do mm -hmm. um yeah it's obviously not with a flint life now so that's plus maybe in some places it still is i don't know i don't know that's a really good that's a good question that I'm not going to go look up. No, I'm not going to. I would not recommend someone Google that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, that's wow. I didn't really make that connection at all that there is like this idea of pain and suffering being. I've just never thought of it that way, right? Like bringing yeah. you closer to God. I feel like that's more of a Catholic lens a little True. bit. True wasn't as much in evangelicalism no it was like it's more emotional pain that they want or like spiritual pain that they want you yeah. to experience that's true yeah the spiritual emotional pain abuse uh, gaslighting um mm -hmm. and you know when you do suffer for jesus it's like a like a month-long vacation in a third world country to look at poor people and help them <laughs> like that's that's or, the suffering yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 or like someone said you had to bake a cake yeah. that's persecution for christ yes i you know honestly maybe christians are so comfy that they have to create these manufactured sufferings yeah, in, maybe order to, so. in order to feel something i don't know <laughs> i just want to feel something <laughs> Which, oh yeah, god like and now that i'm out of it there's like there are so many more things to feel like persecution is not high on my list of things i want to be a part of <laughs> Never mind, like making it up. I don't want to feel it for real, but like, I'm I'm not I'm not at the point where I would I would make it up because I just need the adrenaline rush or whatever of yeah, saying that I'm being persecuted. That's what Twitter is for. Like, I'll start a fight on Twitter uh, or something yeah, to, to feel yeah, alive. It is. 
<laughs> I guess that, in, in that sense, it's like, yeah, feeling pain to be alive is to feel pain. Yeah. Which is why we were on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yes. Well, we're also isolated from each other. So I guess that's true. That's true. That is very true. Oh my God. Okay. Well, that was this kind took of a amazing. This took a turn. It did. I did not expect us to come to this conclusion. We learned something new. See, that's the thing about the Bible, right? Is yeah. even though it's like completely bananas, you learn lots of new things about the yeah. world. About the world, about yourself, about about how, you know, it's 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 depending on the day, I can read it and it's more crazy than I ever imagined. And then there are other days where I read it. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I can see that. That makes sense to me. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Thomas Jefferson was onto something when he just cut out the parts of the Bible that he didn't like and just made his own. That's, that's the way to do it because not, not to like erase the history. It's just so much of it is, I don't need to read the bagats. Like this serves me in zero ways. Yeah. Right. So like, let's just snip that part out, get rid of it. Yeah. And yeah. it came to pass. Don't need that. Get rid of it. Don't care. <laughs> we already know it came to pass. Cause you're telling us it happened. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll or, do that. I'll make, I'll make a Tory Bible. That'd yeah. Be great. Or I'm I want to pencil it. in, I want to pencil in things like where. Oh yeah. Adding things. Yeah. Where it sure. says, and Jacob felt the Lord tell him to leave town. Like, <laughs> like nope. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you just got done telling your sons how the heat was coming. And then it says, and then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and leave, leave this place. <laughs> nope. God did not tell you that. <laughs> your sense of self-preservation told you that and you listened. And that's good. We should say that was smart. Yes, that was smart. that was the wise, the wise move in this particular situation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do look back and there are so many things that I thought were God quote unquote, that I realized wow. now after therapy and just learning more, like, no, that was me. I had a, I had a bad cheeseburger and I had that dream and that was just me. Like, that was just, right. that was just me. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, clearly human brains are bizarre enough to come up with the entirety of scripture. So <laughs> it's like our, our meat computer up there yeah. just running shit that we have no control over. No control. <laughs> and you know, the hardware it was put together in a time that was not like this at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which means all the software is kind of breaking down. Yeah. So we're just, <laughs> we're running these, we're running our own <laughs> internal algorithms. That just coming like, up. This is why, this is why I have to go buy neurotransmitters from big pharma <laughs> because my brain was not, did not evolve to be in these kinds of situations. No, not at all. But honestly, embracing evolution in a more materialistic view of the world has made it much make it makes much more sense yes mm -hmm. and my ability to cope with it this is just greatly increased that's true i do enjoy thinking about the fact that like in the scheme of in the scheme of the universe like the universe we're basically bacteria maybe mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> like we're not even single-celled organisms no <laughs> we're a virus <laughs> on this one speck of dust in a vast right. sea of specks of dust and there could be other sentient beings looking out a billion years from now or 
a billionaires before now. A billion years before now. And we never met them and they'll never meet us. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> you and... get busy, forget to explore the universe. Yeah, but that's just life and it's okay. And that's, I think at first glance, that seems so bleak, but really it's kind of a, like an optimistic nihilism in the sense okay. that you're like, you know, so if I sit down today and watch TV with my kids, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's fine. I think, yeah, I think so too. I really do. And like, just this idea of what, what I like about this versus evangelicalism, like this kind of view of, of the world and our place, humanity's place in, mm-hmm. in the universe is like not, what was the, what's the word? It's like, whatever it says in Genesis, conquer or submit or whatever, go and- Yeah, subdue and have dominion. Yes, that. But the thing about like having kind of no control, the thing that I like more about it is like, okay, well, if, if, if good things are going to be done on this planet, I am morally responsible for them because there is no yeah. one out in the sky that is coming to fix shit. Yeah. Like I have to do that work. And yeah. I think that it's like, yeah, it makes it, it makes, shoot. I don't remember. I was talking to, I was talking to Andre Henry about this uh, earlier today, but like the theology of there is someone in the sky who is going to come and fix all of this. Therefore I do not need to be responsible for anything except like looking out for number one mm-hmm. is a violent theology, yes. right? it's a colonizer theology that community care is non-existent. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, like, this is, this is why I'm really stuck on the idea that evangelicals couldn't survive without capitalism. No. Right. Because it's all about, if you work hard, God will bless you. God will give you the big house so that you can bless God by throwing parties there's for, so many so many people at my church said that yeah like yeah i'm so thankful that god gave it god like blessed us with this huge house and you know we're gonna have all the people over from church all the time like yeah. okay and they'll compliment you on your house and that'll be great mm-hmm. and, they'll, mm-hmm. and they'll want your house and some yeah, of so them they'll, probably, be co- they'll be coveting yeah they'll be coveting but it's good coveting because it would motivate them give it over to god i don't know like it i can't even like Tied. I can't even connect it. Doesn't the make dots any sense, right? It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense now. It's just, we're just, we're well, done. We're and, it, and it's this view that like the earth is our hotel room. And we can trash it. And we can just trash it. And Actually, the, else is the, come quicker, it the quicker we trash it, the quicker management will show up and get us out of here and clean it up for us. Yeah. You know, versus not just is this our home, but we arose out of it and. Mm-hmm it is essential to our survival yeah, and the survival of our children and our grandchildren and whatever Mm -hmm. comes after this. Yeah. And yeah, all this from a passage about circumcising a bunch of people. My arm would get tired. Like (laughs) how many dudes was this? Like I try to think that's what i think about all the time with samson where they're like killed whatever 200 300 yeah. people with the donkey's job i'm just like how tired your, your muscles you're like your muscles can't actually do that like you would break they would break down before you got to that point yeah like you you can't just slay 200 people in an hour oh with with like brute force right yeah. just 
it's all muscle. There's you don't have you don't yeah. have a knife. You don't have a gun. The jawbone of a donkey is I I have you know I've seen one because I grew up evangelical and when oh, no. they tell the story, someone brought one in. You know, no. and it's like this is not a good weapon. Like no. this is not a weapon. No. Your your bare hands might actually be better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Just yeah, that's just not something that happens. Right. That's true. That's true. I guess we should maybe like, I don't know, tell people where to find us or something. Yeah. If you, if you enjoyed this conversation and it's surprising and fascinating ways that it turned, honestly, uh, you can, you know, please subscribe and like our podcast on all your places. Give us a five-star review if possible. If you don't like us, it's always possible. It's always possible. So find us, find us, give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Also, you can check us out on the Twitters at Go Home Bible, as well as on Instagram. You can also see us on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Go Home Bible. Go Home Bible. Go Home Bible. Go Home Bible. Yep. All the things. We have a lot of fun tiers and things that you can check out. And we're very excited about where this little project is going to go. Yeah. I guess like we should do some sort of Patreon goal where if we get 300 patrons, we'll go and like hit 300 people with the donkey's job. The donkey's Just to see how much work it takes. <laughs> we will test it out. We'll get like one of those gelatin dummies. Yes. And we'll just see like how many times we can go. Yeah. How can, <laughs> is it possible to kill someone with a donkey's jawbone? Yeah. This is like a, an episode of Mythbusters. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, cool. I guess All we right. should end this. Excellent. I'm getting ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks bye. everybody. Bye. always like this when you sit with it for more than 30 seconds yes what the fuck is happening (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of go home bible you're drunk hosted by tori williams douglas and justin gentry audio production for this episode was provided by crystal jeffers of inclusion audio go home bible you're drunk is part of the irreverent media group discover more at irreverent.fm First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.